Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got yet another breaking news edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Let's go across town there to the home daycare center of the one and the only Ryan Callahan. Ryan, would you please be so kind again as to tell the good people why we have yet another breaking news edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast? Well, Tennessee has made another edition stop me if you've heard this before, to its 2023 recruiting class. Uh, and this is a big one. Cornerback uh, Christian Conyer out of Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, longtime Tennessee target, uh, a guy that Tennessee has really wanted for, for months and, and has been high on their cornerback board for a long time. Uh, Tennessee beats out Kentucky for him in what has been a good old-fashioned SEC recruiting battle between the two SEC East rivals over the past few months. Uh, really, really down the stretch has gotten, uh, had gotten pretty intense. Uh, took official visits to both schools in June, and uh, and Tennessee got the last visit. Uh, it kind of went back and forth there down the stretch. I think there was definitely a point where Kentucky led and and really, really shifted the momentum in their direction coming off his official visit to Lexington. And you know, within a few days, he you know got further away from that visit, and, and Tennessee was able to kind of swing things back in their direction a little bit going into the official visit to Knoxville. And I think that that visit kind of allowed Tennessee to push things back in, in its direction. So. Uh, a nice win here for Tennessee and a really important one for a lot of reasons we'll, we'll discuss throughout this podcast. But bottom line, a guy Tennessee really wanted at the cornerback position, and, and now they have him. And you know, six, six foot one and a half, 170 pounds, a good athlete, a lot to like about his game that, that we'll discuss in more depth here in just a second. And you can tell that um, judging by the way his recruiting battle went and the way that, that he made his decision that he can read a history book so he knows – sort of historically what the better bet is, you know, when you're going between the, I mean, and certainly Kentucky's done a lot of things lately to, to, to make life harder for Tennessee to get some of these kids. But, you know, I mean, historically, we've said this for a long time, if Tennessee's doing what it should do and Kentucky's doing what it should do, uh, Tennessee will win these battles. And it's important for Tennessee to win them uh, to kind of keep, um, you know, Kentucky, which has been a much bigger threat under Mark Stoops and those guys to keep kind of Kentucky from from even challenging them in a lot of ways. That, that That's a big, big thing for the Tennessee program. So it's, it's big to get this kid. And, Ryan, this is the second time in – two weeks that I've said something that I only say maybe once or twice a year most years. I don't say this very often because, uh, you know, there's that whole stay-in-your-lane philosophy, and I am not a recruiting analyst. Like, I can look at a player, and I know who's a good player and who's not in a lot of cases, but but I'm not a guy – my specialty in this business is not looking at, you know, the 16- to 18-year-old kids and figuring out – how good they're going to be from 19 to 22 you know that that's not I'm not an evaluator that's not my job 
But just like a, a couple of weeks ago, or I guess I should say last week, uh, really, with, with the Slaughter Kid, this is the second time in two weeks, or second time in two weeks that I'm saying, how in the hell does this kid not have A, more offers, and B, a higher ranking? Because I watched this kid on film, and length is becoming so important at the cornerback position, more so than it's ever been. This kid might really be able to play corner at nearly six foot two. He moves very, very well and is a really good athlete. Why does he not have more offers and why is he not ranked higher right now? I don't understand. Uh, and in full transparency, this is a guy I would I would advocate for for a little bit higher ranking on him personally. Again, that's that's not my primary duty. I'm not directly involved in that, as I say all the time on 24-7 sports, but I I know he's very high on Tennessee's board and has been for quite some time. And, and I've, I've gotten to see this guy play in person a few times. And he, he's, he, as you said, good athlete, good length, long arms, a lot to like about him as a cornerback. Uh, that's always a, a tricky position to recruit. And, and I, I can't tell you much more than maybe where he's located has held back his recruitment a little bit. Like Bowling Green is only about an hour from Nashville. So you, uh, you, you have the access to a lot of recruiters. A lot of college coaches come through Nashville, obviously, and it's not that far up the road for them to just drive up to Bowling Green once they you know, fly in across the country or, or drive into Nashville. Um, but but some, some guys don't make that trip all the time, and that, that, that really is the only thing that I can think of, you know, why you wouldn't go see this kid in person to kind of verify his height or whatever and, and offer him. But on film, uh, even if you don't go see him in person, I think this is the kind of kid that you – that, that more teams would have offered. Uh, but I, I think, I think he's the kind of guy that could have had a pretty interesting summer, frankly, if he'd wanted to go camp at places like Georgia, Alabama, LSU, where, wherever in the sec, Florida could have probably gotten more of those big time offers if he'd really wanted to chase them. But I think it got to the a certain point in the spring. And I think he just kind of decided, you know what? It's Tennessee or Kentucky. I'm not worried about chasing offers. I just want to go where I want to go. And those, those to me are the two. So I think it became pretty clear that that was, even if somebody big jumped in the picture, that it was going to be hard to to, to dissuade him from those uh, liking one of those two schools more, and and it just kind of became a two team battle and remained that way uh, all the way down the stretch. But I, I really couldn't tell you. There's a lot to like about his game. Uh, he plays on both sides of the ball in high school. Um, really good speed, even a pretty good playmaker on offense and special teams. And I I, I always say you like to see that uh, from a defensive back. You want a guy that. His, yeah, he, his team's trying to get the ball in his hands. Yeah, he should be returning kicks or punts for his high school team, unless he's like at one of yeah. those. Maybe if he's in, you know, L.A. or you know, some to some of the Atlanta schools, you know, some of the South Florida schools. Like maybe you have more options, at Louisiana schools. Um, but generally, you ought to be returning the kicks or punts yeah. for your team. And, and he, he did that. And so, so yeah. Now last year, he he missed some time with an injury, uh, missed several games during the regular season. Came back at the end of the regular season, though, and his team was very good even without him, uh, but came back and led his team to a state championship. They went 14-1, and played really well in the playoffs, and, and kind of helped carry his team down the stretch. So he, even in what could have been a pretty tough junior season, uh, came back and showed people at the end what, why he's a big-time talent. And, and, hey, Tennessee and Kentucky both treated him as a, as a top prospect, a top target. I mean, this, this was a guy that, that both teams – really felt optimistic about their chances and really fought tooth and nail for the last few months. Uh, I know Vince Mara was, was heavily involved in his recruitment at he, Kentucky. He's, and, he's a good recruiter. Uh, and, and really thought 
at one point Kentucky was was going to get him. I think they really felt confident about their chances at, at a couple different points uh, in the spring and summer. And uh, but Tennessee, to their credit, did a great job with him. And this is one of those ki- cases. You know, we talk all the time about you know NIL ch- made recruiting so tricky and stuff like that. This is one of those cases where I think at the end of the day, Christian Conyer just wanted to go to Tennessee. I mean, that, sometimes, uh, and I say that all the time. Uh, other factors can come into play in, in a kid's decision, but at the end of the day, kids often go where they want to go. And th- this is another one of those cases. I-, I don't think there was too, too much that could have been done to, to change his mind. I think this, this is a, a kid that when, you, you know, I've talked to him about Tennessee before and Kentucky, he just kind of lights up when you talk about Tennessee, you know, he just, he just likes it there. He's enjoyed all of his visits there. Uh, he was at their at Rocky top blues at the end of, end of May and came back for his official visit to the, the final weekend of June. And just each time he was there, I think he just felt like he was home. It was just going to be tough to, to, to change his mind. And so I think Tennessee was the leader for a while. Kentucky came in and made it interesting late, but it, it was, it was Tennessee at the end of the day, just because that's where he wanted to be. And you'd give Tennessee credit. Willie Martinez played a big part in that. He's from the same, he played on the same seven on seven team in the Nashville area that has produced Caleb Herring. So he's got an, another mm-hmm. seven on seven teammate already headed to Knoxville. They obviously played with Elijah Herring and Cameron Miller uh, the year before on, on that seven-on-seven team. So a few familiar faces in Knoxville. He feels kind of like an in-state kid to, to Tennessee, even though he's not from in-state um, and, and, and obviously has those, those common connections there that, that make it pretty easy for him to feel at home at Tennessee. And Willie Martinez did a, a great job of recruiting him. And I think he sees an early path to playing time, which is probably a pretty smart thought given what Tennessee's secondary situation has been in recent years. I think there is clearly an opportunity for a talented cornerback to come in there and, and, and beat out some guys if uh, if they're ready if they're ready to do it. And I think he feels he has a chance to do that and has the skill set to make it happen. So this is a a big pickup for Tennessee, and I really couldn't tell you why. In short, he's not ranked a little bit higher because to me, he's a a good long athlete with uh, with with a lot of speed, and those guys are hard to find. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to be careful how I say that because if if like the the slaughter podcast and then this podcast are like the first two times you'd ever listen to this podcast, you you might think I'm the kind of guy who every time somebody gets a three-star, I'm like, oh, I don't know why he's not rated higher. I, I, I don't do that very often because I know that there are a lot of times where a lot of schools take some three-star players, and I'm like, yeah, he could turn into something pretty nice, but, you know, I could see why he's not like a, you know, a four-star or something like that. You know, he, he's just a good player, but, but you know, I don't, I don't know that he's special. I mean, we'll see. But in both of those cases are rare times where I would say, I don't understand. Now, that doesn't mean that, that, that I'm right. It, it, j- it just means I don't, I don't understand in some ways. You look at the size and the athleticism that he has. Maybe, just, maybe it's just where he is. I, I, don't, I don't know, but I, I, I'm not knocking our guys or anybody else's guys because there's a lot of other people in the industry who are doing the same thing uh, with him so far. Uh, and I just he's one of those guys that I see and I go – I don't, I don't, I don't know that I get it. But what matters is uh, what Tennessee thinks about him, or what the schools that are recruiting him think about him. Uh, and Tennessee has loved this kid for a long time, and just that—that's what matters the most. Is that I think if you were to look at Tennessee's defensive backboard, uh, Ryan, I, I think that that we probably we're not obviously privy to that, but uh, we know some things and. I would imagine, and I'm pretty certain, he's pretty damn high on that list for Tennessee. Uh, I, I can tell you, I, I again, I'm not privy to that board. Don't don't see it, uh, don't see it or anything like that. But I can tell you from from what I've been told, he's basically top of the board. Uh, I mean, he he is 
they, they, there might be some guys on that board who are who are unrealistic, who who were above him in the beginning. But among the guys that Tennessee's been actively involved with, heavily recruiting, thought it had a shot at. I don't think there's anybody higher than Christian Conyer on the board, and that's it's probably for a combination of reasons. But but on pure ability alone is is the, the main reason he's up there. But I think when you combine that with the fact that again he's essentially an in-state kid, uh, I think Tennessee just viewed him as a must-have. Uh, I, I don't think in their situation having as much trouble as they've had recruiting cornerbacks. And that's a, you know, th- this staff might feel that way, but that's a problem Tennessee's had, I would say, going back 15 years a or long more. It's just a long time, a long it, time. It's a it's a bit of a head scratcher, but, you know, it kind of makes sense when you think about it, just because that's a position you often have to recruit in other states. Uh, this, this state has not produced a ton of, you know, six-foot-one guys that can run like the wind. So it's just hard to find those guys, and there aren't enough to go around. And at the end of the day, they typically end up going to the big time programs that are competing for championships. And lately that's not been Tennessee. So uh, sometimes you have to go and, you know, find a guy who flies a little bit under the radar, maybe, or maybe is just a touch slower than other guys or a touch shorter, but still at least in that range. And that's how you end up with guys like Cameron Sutton who develop into, you know, good NFL prospects and, and things like that. But you have to, you have to do a really good job evaluating sometimes. And it's just been a tricky spot for Tennessee to recruit. So when you have a guy like this, who, is you know 20 miles across the Tennessee border, uh, you know three and a half hours away from your campus. That ha- is six foot one, taller than six one, and, and has the kind of speed Christian Conyer has. I think you got to view him as a must get, and they did, and they they recruited him that way. Did a great job with him, and and again having having some connections to him probably helped a little bit. Uh, but he had connections at Kentucky too. There were guys that were going to Kentucky that uh, that, that he knows certainly, and being in that state, he was very important to Kentucky. Uh, I just think he felt you know, felt more comfortable with Tennessee in a lot of ways and sees a good opportunity there. And just, again, just felt at home every time he was there, but yeah, Tennessee recruiting Tennessee recruited him in a way that made him feel that way too. And it's because of how high he was on their board. No question. He was a top of the board target for Tennessee and over the past several months. And, uh, and this is a, a huge win and one Tennessee's going to celebrate quite a bit uh, to start this 4th of July weekend. Yeah. Like I'm sure Tennessee would tell you like, yeah, I mean, Cormani McLean's pretty high on that board or, you know, like, uh, Trying to think of somebody else, like a Jaleel Hurley is probably pretty high on that board, but like you know that those guys were were not going to go to Tennessee. But 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 this kid, when you talk about the size, and you talk about the athleticism, and you talk about the upside, like he's about the same size as both those kids. Like he 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 can run really well too. Uh, it's just you know we will see. Uh, I'm sure there's times where I've said. Why is that guy not rated higher? And somebody could be like, well, there's a million reasons why. But, you know, I mean, this one I just, you know, it's I don't want to harp on it. I really don't. But it, it just, I, I, all I'm trying to say, the, the main reason that I'm saying this is that I think this is somebody Tennessee is like high-fiving like crazy that the, the, the staff was that they were able to get him. And I think fans maybe ought to be doing the same thing. Yeah, no, no question. This is, this is not just some three-star who's a nice pickup. Like this is a guy, again – I think Tennessee essentially views him as an in-state target and, and has made him such a priority that this is, I think they, they will view this as one of the, you know, if you're looking at Tennessee's class right now, this he's one of the five or six best players in Tennessee's class, I think. And then that's the way they're, they're probably looking at this. He is, he is a, a real talent and, and you know, that, that doesn't mean he's a sure thing. No few cornerbacks ever are a few players, in any position ever are not a sure thing, but there's no reason with his skill set that he cannot be a, a really good player at Tennessee uh, I think he's a guy who's going to buy in and, and already has kind of bought in. And, and you can, uh, I think the people who've been around him on his official visit and things like that have, have seen that he's really excited about being at Tennessee. So I think he'll be a, a, a decent peer recruiter and things like that over the next several months. I think there's 
there's a lot to like about getting a kid like this, but, but no question. I think Tennessee is, as you said, high-fiving quite a bit about the addition of, of Christian Conyer and has, has recruited him like a guy they had to have in this class, uh, especially given his location and, and just how, much, how badly they need a, a talented, long, speedy corner. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot of high-fiving right now at Tennessee just in general about the way things are going in recruiting. How about that segue, Ryan? There's lots and lots of things about this Tennessee class that that people I think probably are excited about, and I think they have good reason to be excited about it. But we need to talk about Tennessee's defensive back recruiting in this class. We need to talk about just sort of the way things are in general, the way things are going forward. we got more to discuss, but we're overdue for a break, so we're going to go step away for just a second, pay some bills, listen to product services, in-house ads, and then come back and talk more about Christian Conyer and more here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker, Ryan Callahan, coming to you from, uh, respectively, uh, the Go Balls uh, 24-7 Fort Rucker studio here just a couple miles away from Neyland Stadium, and then Ryan from just a, a few miles on down the road, the other side of the tracks uh, from his home daycare center, also in Knoxville. I won't tell you where. I would love to tell you where, uh, but I will not do that. Um, because as much as it makes me laugh to think of y'all actually uh, like putting road signs and awful things and, and terrorizing Ryan's house, I, you know, in, in, in reality, it may not be such a great thing. So, uh, but regardless, we are both coming here, here to you talking Tennessee football, talking the addition of Christian Conyer to Tennessee's recruiting class, a big, big get uh, for the Vols, someone they are very excited to get, a, a cornerback prospect who's nearly six foot two, about 170 pounds, can run really well. Lots and lots to discuss about him and more, and we will do all of that, but uh, quickly, just a, a, a quick um, request on our end, if you will. Uh, if you could go right now, take about 60 to 90 seconds out of your day and go in and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, if you're just listening on the website, we love you. There's nothing wrong with that. There is no wrong way to consume the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. But what really helps us out is if you go in there, uh, whether it's on you know Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world, you can cast a fine pod. You can find this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do it for free. We're happy to do it. No complaints on our end. Uh, we, we love doing this. 
But all we ask for in return is it's free, is that you rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. Help us add more wolves to this wolf pack, as we've done for years. And uh, that's how this business keeps on churning. So if you're already doing that, thank you. We love you. If not, uh, go f*** yourself. That's the, that's the motto. Ride or die with us here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Ryan, we look at Tennessee's defensive back class now with Conyer in the fold. And, of course, we don't know whether he's going to sign. But most of the time when you commit, you end up signing. Where is Tennessee sort of numbers-wise now in the secondary in this class? And, and where does Tennessee need to be at the secondary numbers in this class? Well, we've talked before after they landed John Slaughter, you know, they're in pretty good shape at the safety position right now. Three projected safeties in this class uh, where they really needed to get started with things, as we said at the time, uh, was at the cornerback position. So that's one reason. And for years. Uh, for years. Yeah, no question. They, they've, they've frankly undersigned uh, in the secondary in general over the past three years, I would say, which is why they've had to, they had to go to the transfer portal last year and this year uh, to get guys like Brandon Turnage, Andre Turrentine, Wesley Walker, uh, also, Kamal Haddon from Auburn. So uh, you, you have to do those kinds of things when you don't sign enough guys in the secondary. And so they've had some misses in recent years that led to that. And uh, and and they've uh, you know they they've gotten by with with the depth they have, but they they need to get more there. And this is a class for them to make up for for some of those past misses, I think. And so that's why you, you see them with three safety commits. This is the first projected cornerback in the class, though. So Tennessee still has some work to do there. Uh, I, I think ideally you would you would see Tennessee sign six defensive backs. I think three corners and three safeties would be a nice uh, combination. We'll, we'll see. You know, that that always could vary depending on just who they can get. You know, it, with with no twenty five signee limit uh, anymore, at least for the next two years, as we've talked about. You know, that gives you the luxury of if you get if you get too many or, or almost too many players maybe uh, at a position, but they're just guys you want. You can have the luxury of taking them and just sort of figuring out the numbers later. Uh, you can go sort of one over at almost any position and figure it out probably because most teams are, are not so stacked on their roster that they're not going to have any attrition. Uh, and even if you do feel like you're stacked, you're, you're going to have some attrition these days with the transfer portal. So you can probably figure it out in the off season, but yeah, I think three and three uh, at corner and safety makes some sense. So that means you've obviously still got some work to do with the cornerback position. Um, good news for them. A few pretty good possibilities still out there. Tennessee had another uh, pair of cornerbacks on campus recently for official visits. Jakeem Jackson out of Florida, Jordan Matthews out of Louisiana. I mean, Tennessee's very much been in the mix for those guys. Those official visits certainly helped. We'll see if that can, can help them land either of those guys. I think still, you know, the reasons to believe they could miss out on them, but, but legitimate reasons to think they're in it for both. Uh, and then Ricky Gibson out of Alabama, a, a three-star prospect whose stock has, I think, risen a little bit lately. He got a Georgia offer a couple weeks ago. Um, so that's one that uh, the Tennessee's deep in that one. I think it's still a Tennessee-Arkansas battle right now. Both teams have hosted him on official visits, but that's one Tennessee would really like to land uh, as well, given their needs at the cornerback position. So got a few good options there, but need to land on uh, land a, you know, another one or two of those guys because you, they missed out on Brandon Strozier, a guy from the Atlanta area they liked quite a bit, picked Clemson uh, back in May, and, uh, and, and still some other, some other names on that board. But you know, the, the number of really realistic options – uh, it's a little bit smaller now. So we're getting into that part of the summer where the guys that you're in with, you need to, you need to land a couple of them because uh, before you know it, the, the options will start to dry up and, and it'll be kind of that, that time of the year where you have to reset the board a little bit or maybe expand your net uh, and, and find some other options. And, then, and Tennessee's had to do that too often in recent years uh, at the cornerback position. They did it last year. We're able to get D. Williams at the, at the junior college level. 
Um, so so they, they, they've, they've done those things. Christian Harrison, you know, that's a guy they offered last fall. You don't want to necessarily have to keep doing that every year. You can find good players that way, but the ideal situation is to find guys early in the year, identify those top targets, and land a couple of them by the summer. And, and they're, they're at least on the right path with Christian Conyer, but still a lot more work to do given their needs in the secondary. Yeah, and you know, Jakeem Jackson's a big deal because uh, I, I was the one who had to get up and go talk to him the other day. So you know right away that he's important, right? Absolutely. I mean, well, you're bringing out the big guns in that situation. You know, you, 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 know, you, don't, you don't just point this recruiting cannon at anyone. <laughs> Only, you know, Nico, uh, Imaliava, you know, Jackson, j- j- just the big dogs, you know. It's because uh, because real knows real uh, in, in all in all seriousness. I, I am not the recruiting expert on our staff. So so Ryan would be the one to go to for all of that. Um, but it is important because now you're talking when you're talking in defensive backs, you're also, you know, it, it's almost like nickel is its own kind of thing now. It has been for a few years now. So you're looking at corners, you're looking at safeties, but you're also looking at nickel when you look at sort of where Tennessee is there. I mean, how many of these guys that, that they've signed or added the past couple of years to you look like, hey, this guy could be a future kind of nickel for Tennessee? Well, as, as we saw with Theo Jackson I, I, and, and really the guys that Tennessee has committed in this class so far, I, you know, most guys that seem to be capable of playing safety are, are often guys that the Tennessee staff sees as possible nickels. Now, they, they like to sign defensive backs who can kind of play all over the place. And, and there's not – there are not many corners that you would look at and say, yeah, he just can't play safety. Just, you know, not a good enough tackler or whatever. Like if there's a, if there's yeah. a knock on your game at cornerback, it's going to be a knock on your game at safety. But if you're capable of playing at cornerback, it's, you're probably going to translate at least okay to safety. So most of the time that's not as big a deal. The issue is, can you have safeties who are a little bit interchangeable, like Christian Charles, for instance, a guy who at least got some work at corner and, and could probably play there if really needed, um, if nothing else. So you, you've got, you've got some interchangeability there among, Along among a lot of defensive backs, but yeah, I think Tennessee sees certainly, you know, Jack Luttrell, I think certainly a, a type of guy who could do that. And, and I think for sure, uh, John Slaughter, uh, at least capable of, of helping out in the, in the nickel spot. So Tennessee looking at uh, a lot of defensive backs with that kind of versatility. So, so in most classes, you're going to get at least a couple or three guys that, that look like, you know, pretty solid fits at that nickel spot. So you don't necessarily have to recruit just to that, but um, you, you do want to have plenty of options there and kind of try them out once they get on campus. And, and as we saw last year with Brandon Turnage, you know, he gets a, he gets a, a kind of a, a pinch hitting role at, at, at nickel one, one week. That doesn't mean Tennessee views him as a nickel long-term. It yeah, just means he, he had a hell of a good week there. He did. He did. But, but uh, that's, that's kind of the, the point here. You know, I think still long-term Tennessee would love for him to be more of an outside cornerback, but because he was the next guy up uh, just in terms of getting the best players on the field, that's who they tried out there that week. And, and they'll do the same thing. Uh, you you want to have interchangeable parts for that reason. So I think they feel, they feel that a, a few guys in this class at the end of the day will be, will be capable of playing nickel. You know, Ricky Gibson, we talked about him. I think he's a guy Tennessee sees as being a possible corner or nickel. You know, you've got guys like that. Um, Conyer, to me, is more of a, a prototypical outside corner but could probably play nickel in a pinch. I mean, there aren't, there aren't many DBs that, yeah, that, that probably you're, couldn't you're, play there. You're, you're in the 6-2 range. You, yeah. And you have the speed. I mean, you know, with, with all these sort of ridiculous receivers now in the 6'4 to 6'6 range who can move the way they can, um, you know, if to, to, to quote the good old Derek Dooley, if, if you got too many 5'9 guys out there, they're just going to pick peanuts off your head all day, and there's nothing but, you can do about it. But generally speaking, you know, 
for for this staff and the way they the way they recruit those positions, where you tend to hear the 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 star and and or nickel talk is is at the safety position, and that's where you know we we saw Jalen McCullough's gotten work at the star position. Uh, obviously, Trayvon Flowers did this spring. You know they're they're going to work a lot of safeties at that spot. So I think that's where you hear that the most, and I think. Even so, even Sylvester Smith, I think, has mentioned that a little bit. So, like all those, all those safety types. Ryan, where you Ryan, hear, we've hear already most of that. we've already decided. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Ryan, but he's Sly Smith. We've already decided. <laughs> Sly and the Family Stone is that where you're going with that? Well, no, uh, just anytime your name Sylvester, I think it's. Yeah. I think you should be legally required to go by. Not because not that there's anything wrong with Sylvester, but if you can go by Sly, by God, you go by Sly. It's like anytime I see a Henry, I'm like, why aren't you just a Hank? You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just a cool. It's just, it's cool. If you can be a sly, be a sly. But go, go ahead. I just, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's just a point. But, but yeah. So, uh, so Sylvester Smith. Uh, but, but, but yeah, all those guys. I Killing think me. It, Killing it, me. All those guys at safety, though. I think that you know, definitely at least a little bit interchangeable, and they feel they've they probably got the the, the star position covered there. But definitely, you're going to see at least a, a few guys in Tennessee's class who are options there, and, and you're not going to see Tennessee. Certainly not very often. We've yet to really see that. You're not going to see them sign a guy who's more aimed specifically at that position. It's more going to be, okay, this is a corner that we think can play nickel, or it's a safety in a lot of cases that we think can play nickel. I still wonder at some point in the future when people are going to start recruiting guys most because team NFL teams are not drafting guys, you know, basically to to be specifically nickels. And I think it's unless the game changes, goes back to like in in the phone booth anytime soon. To me, it's like. You look at a guy who's like, man, that could be a really good, you know, nickelback or you know, a really good dimeback or you know what I mean. Like, there's just lots and lots of. Well, I, that's another topic for another day when we don't have to do a breaking news podcast. I'm just saying in general, I just wonder about that. Yeah, and you see different teams take a different approach to that. You know, Alabama, for instance. You know, I've heard a lot about this over the years. They just they view it as their number three cornerback essentially. There's there, and that's how that's how we saw Tennessee approach it with Brandon Turnage last year. But at the same time, you saw Theo Jackson slide down and play there last year and did a great job. So uh, it's just different. It, it depends on the skill set. The main thing is you just need to be able to tackle well, be a good blitzer, good in run support, all those things. If you're a, if you're a weaker tackling cornerback, probably not a great fit there. It just depends on what your individual skill set is. But uh, you, you got to be able to cover any position in the secondary in these days because you're, you're going to be matched up against somebody and they're going to find you if you're not a good cover guy. So at the end of the day, as long as you can cover and have pretty decent speed, you can play a, a lot of positions in the secondary, and that, that, that's kind of where I think you see the, the interchangeable parts approach to, to the nickel position, position kind of making sense. And also, if you're at a place like Tennessee that where, you, where you've not won enough big-time recruiting battles in the secondary in recent years, sometimes you just got to get your best five on the field. And that's, that's where you know some, there might come a, a point in time, there might be a specific player that they can recruit who's you know, 5'11", not ideal size for a, you know, this day and age, you want six foot and above at corner most of the time. Yeah. So maybe you find a guy who's not a perfect size, maybe even 5'10", and that's just a perfect nickel. And you just say, you know, he's a good football player, but we want him. Even if he's not a great fit at safety or, or corner, we just want him and we'll, we'll play him at star. That's fine. I think it'll be a rare case, though, where you see that happen. And for the most part, it's going to be, let's just take a guy who's got a, who's got a skill set that allows him to play safety or corner and kind of put him at star when we need somebody there. Ryan, last thing before we get out of here, I know it's a. Uh, we talked about this on on a lot of the the recent breaking news podcasts, but that's that's kind of the point is that there have been a lot of breaking news podcasts lately because Tennessee is generating a lot of momentum right now. I don't think at this point it's kind of hard to deny um, the suggestion that th- that this is about as on a roll sort of as Tennessee's been in recruiting, you know, since since Heupel and his staff have been there in terms of both getting guys. 
um, that they really, really want and being right there with a lot of really, really big fish. Uh, and, and just sort of where would you say Tennessee is overall with this class right now and, and where are things potentially going here in the next little bit? Because Tennessee's got a potential to, to put together a really good group here. Yeah, and uh, you're seeing that commitment total climb now over a dozen guys in this class. Tennessee uh, doing well there numbers-wise, starting to really address some needs. You know, we talked about still got some work to do and pretty much across the board, not really – any position other than quarterback or tight end where I would say they're probably done. Um, so you, you really have a lot, a lot of needs to continue to address, but the, the commitment totals climbing still a lot of top targets out there. And it's, it's a, it's going to be a busy month as we've said uh, since, since the start of last month, really. So it is a, uh, it is a busy time and plenty to watch in the coming days. We already know for a fact that there are a couple of announcements worth watching uh, on your 4th of July, as you uh, have your barbecues and everything else uh, to, to celebrate the, the holiday, uh, a couple announcements involving Tennessee targets, uh, five-star offensive lineman Francis Mauingoa, uh, the one of the top players in the country, took his final official visit to Tennessee the weekend of June 24, so he that is, is one of the more. He is a load. He is a load. He's a big boy. Big, big guy, and uh, and definitely someone that, who's, frankly, just one of the biggest names left on the board for Tennessee, important, and and a, and a really good player, uh, and just important on a lot of fronts, so. Uh, certainly someone Tennessee would love to land on the 4th of July. And, and at least as of the recording of this podcast, he's scheduled to announce on the 4th of July. You never know when things like that can change, but that's that's been the plan for for several days now. And then uh, on, on top of that, a five-star 2024 prospect we know is announcing on the 4th of July, Jonathan Eccles, uh, out of I, also out of IMG Academy uh, in Bradenton, Florida, uh, has been rated as an edge rusher, but Tennessee recruiting him as a tight end, definitely a two-way athlete who played a lot on both sides of the ball at his previous school, Heard County High School in Georgia. And, and Tennessee hosted him on a on a recent multiple-day visit. He was in town for that final camp of the month on June 26th and, and, and was in town a couple days before that. So he got a pretty lengthy look at Tennessee, and even though it was his first visit on campus, uh, came away pretty impressed uh, at, at Tennessee. So I think there is reason to believe the Vols are, are one of the top contenders there. So both of those announcements definitely worth watching on the 4th of July. Some other dates are already out there. We know Jalen Smith, the linebacker from uh, Grayson High School in Georgia, announcing his decision uh, a week from today on July 10. Uh, and, and several other guys that are getting closer to decisions but just haven't announced decision dates uh, as of the time we're recording this. So we'll, we'll see what else happens in the coming days. But uh, a long, long list of names uh, of guys that are planning to announce their decisions in the month of July. So Lots to keep uh, to keep track of, and we'll obviously have it all covered for you on Go Vols twenty four seven, and as news breaks here on the Go Vols twenty four seven podcast. Yeah, stay 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 locked into this feed, and uh, more importantly, to Go Vols twenty four seven dot com because things move at a lightning pace. Uh, you know, in, in this month, this time of the year, in recruiting now, it's a big big time. So, Ryan, man, thanks for the time. Unless you got anything else, I think we're good now. But uh, I'll, I'll 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 throw the question out there anyway. You got anything else? No, I think that's it. Just uh, just stay tuned. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your Fourth of July holiday weekend, and, uh, and and keep it tuned here. I think we'll we'll probably have plenty more to discuss in the in the coming days for for sure, and and really over the next few weeks, it's a lot of decisions still to come. That's a good place to leave it, man. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Wes. And and y'all out there too. Just uh, you know, it's Fourth of July, so uh, so so have a good time, but uh, but be safe. So uh, so so thanks thanks again, Ron. You gonna be safe? You gonna be safe over the holidays? Uh, I'm thinking about no, no, just just be reckless, you know. Living, dive, living, dive head first into the shallow end of the pool, see what happens. Living dangerously, I like it. Let's see where it goes. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Wes. Man, 
And there's the button. And now I can say, guys, thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. As always, we always say it, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want uh, just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7, and you can get tons of stuff there throughout the day, all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, uh, baseball, tons of stuff going on there these days, obviously. Lady Vols coverage, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job all year covering all things Lady Vols for us all the time. we got two forums that run around the clock 24-7, as the name suggests. we got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can discuss Anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with Tennessee fans across the world, pretty much every freaking time zone that exists. We've got somebody there. We got people up at different hours of the day. We got all kinds, any time of day, anytime you go there, you're going to find a bunch of people on there talking Tennessee athletics, talking SEC stuff, talking pro sports, talking life, advice with kids, what to get spouses for their for anniversaries, uh, lawn maintenance. Oh, just You never know what people are going to be talking about on there. And it'll be anything that's not political or religious in nature. Anything else right there on the board for you to discuss. And you can get all that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven-day free trial. That is all that it costs. And after you pay or get that seven-day that seven free trial, after that, you get us that, that low rate. That's one mediocre lunch per month. But you don't just get GoVols 24-7 with that. You get access to Paramount Plus with that for free in perpetuity. You also get access to a growing behemoth of a streaming platform that has every show CBS has ever done commercial free. Tons of exclusive stuff uh, that you can only find like, you know, 1883, Picard, Evil, Star Trek, all kinds of stuff that you can only find on Paramount Plus. You got new movies. You got classic movies, old blockbuster franchises, you know, comedies, dramas, horror, everything, stuff for the kids. All of it, all of it, and stuff from the archives of, uh, of CBS, obviously, and MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, all of it, all of it, right there, something for the entire family, and live sports, SEC sports, NFL sports, uh, you got UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, Serie A, French soccer, uh, PGA Tour, you get everything on there, and we, you get all of that, and our site, all of it, for just about a hundred bucks and change a year. One of the best deals you can possibly find. And if you don't do it, I don't know what's wrong with you. Go do that. Don't be a fool. Go do that. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from, hear from us in a few days. So until then, uh, try to be good to each other. Try to have basic human empathy for, for people out there in the world. There's not enough of that these days. There's too many a-holes. We don't need that. Be good. See you.